subcommittee member of the Albuquerque-Bernalillo County Government Commission Behavioral Health Initiative to fund programs, including the mobile crisis team for APD and the reentry center uh, and other projects that we've worked on. Um, I am part of NAMI as a professional and as a family member. Um, what I love about NAMI, and you'll learn today, is that we have excellent materials and uh, well-trained facilitators and all of the, the resources are free to the public. Um, my favorite part of working with NAMI is to do law enforcement trainings. Um, I love it and it's just purely from the heart. You'll le learn more about that in just a few minutes. I'd like to introduce my, our New Mexico, NAMI New Mexico um, program director for the whole state. Sai? 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 I don't know if he's there. If he's, can you unmute Sai? He has Sai? Yoo-hoo. <laughs> Sai is marvelous. He coordinates programs all over the state. Okay, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Okay, sorry about, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, good, sorry about that. I, I was trying to get back to the screen where, where the Zoom meeting was so I could unmute myself and I couldn't, couldn't quite get there. Um, yeah, so thank you, Betty, and thanks everybody for inviting us to come. Uh, my name is Cy Stanton. Uh, just real quick history about myself. I'm a retired Air Force major, retired back in 96, and then after 24 year Air Force career, and then spent another 20 years as a defense contractor working on all kinds of fun things. Uh, back around 2006, our youngest son started developing um, some mental health issues and was eventually diagnosed with uh, bipolar disorder. And then uh, that diagnosis, things got a little bit progressively worse and that diagnosis changed to what it is currently, which is schizoaffective disorder. Um, so that's what got us involved with NAMI back in 2006. Uh, just happened to see a flyer laying on the table while, we're, while we were in the waiting room when he was an inpatient. And it was a NAMI flyer about a program called Family to Family, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, and just not to put too fine a point on it, but my wife and I took that class because we were completely clueless, as you might imagine. This was something that kind of came out of nowhere for us. It was, you know, he had been a normal, healthy, happy young man, you know, right up until the time that he wasn't. Um, and so we were really scared. We didn't know what we were dealing with. And I'll just say that NAMI really did save our lives, our whole family's lives. And I'm happy to say that my son is doing extremely well today um, and uh, better than any of his doctors even thought he ever would. And, and, and I really credit NAMI and the things that we as his family learned uh, for a lot of that success. Um, so let me just talk a little bit about NAMI. It's, as you probably know, it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, and these are the four kind of pillars of what NAMI does, education, advocacy, support, uh, 
and awareness. And we're going to be talking a lot about the education and the support pieces um, in this presentation. This is why it's important. Uh, anyone can be affected by a mental health condition. Uh, that's one thing I've learned, you know, many times over uh, as, as I've done various NAMI programs is that mental illness doesn't discriminate. It doesn't care if you're, uh, you know, black, white, male, female, uh, you know, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate. I, I have, I, I have seen, uh, you know, every imaginable demographic be affected by these illnesses. And then, of course, that second bullet there is, is actually worse in New Mexico, but suicide is the leading cause, second leading cause of death in the U.S. Uh, for people 15 to 24 years. But NAMI's motto is that we do believe that recovery is a real possibility for a lot more people than um, maybe we thought before. Now, as a segue to Betty talking about the sharing, our sharing your story with law enforcement program, this slide just has several of the types of programs that we offer for free to the public. And, and some of our programs are geared towards the individual with, with the illness who's looking for help in their own recovery. And some of our programs are geared towards family members or family caregivers. And we even have programs that are geared towards uh, providers. We have a, a program called Provider Education. Uh, and I'm going to talk about just a few of these programs a little bit later on. But right now, I'm going to segue back to, um, to Betty so that she can talk about a program that I think uh, we're all very proud of at NAMI New Mexico. Thank you, Cy. Um, the history, just a, a little bit of the background of history of CIT trainings in New Mexico um, and the NAMI panel, which is called the uh, telling your story to law enforcement. By the way, I'm excited to see that we have people from Washington State, Colorado, and Texas, and every state in the country has a NAMI state organization and affiliates who offer these same programs. So the history in Albuquerque was that there were concerns about use of force, and especially as it was directed toward people with mental illness. Most of you know the stories, uh, the James Boyd and Christopher uh, Torres and other situations. So that first, there was a community collaboration and meetings all over the city. Uh, and then because of those meetings and other um, people with input, they decided that the US Department of Justice would be involved and require a CIT training and de-escalation training for all field officers. And when, in fact, it was Dr. Rosenbaum was met with me and with Matt Tenney, who was at that time, we were, the three of us sat down and started planning, what are we gonna do with 40 hours? Um, and so it was exciting because what we came up with was, what could we do? Because we have another program called in our own voice, where two people with a diagnosis of mental illness show a video and they tell their personal stories and interact. Um, and that program, Lawrence made sure we had that great program over in the academy. But as far as the CIT training for field officers, we wanted something different 
So I went and I talked to uh, people around the country and I found this program in Los Angeles that was used to train the Los Angeles Police Department. And I was told I had connected with other um, DOJ involved NAMIs and police departments around the country. And I was told, whatever you do, don't put a family member on the stage at the same time as you have a person with a diagnosis of mental illness. And I said, oh, really, why is that? Oh, because there could be problems. But the LAPD program, and I talked for hours with the man who had developed this program, and he used, because of the, partly because of the funding, one family member talking for a half hour and one person with a diagnosis for a half hour. And then um, they would get paid to go and present and teach the LAPD officers. So I presented this idea to our police department to Matt and to Niels, and he said, go for it, let's try it. So we tried it. I made a modification, of course, because New Mexico is not Los Angeles. And the second reason is that we have, um, we were doing it for free. And so we did not have the financial restrictions. And we had a lot of people very interested in telling their story. So what we did was we, tried here, and it has been very successful, having a panel of two people with mental illness diagnosis and two family members and a moderator. And the entire program takes an hour and a half, including interaction and general information and giving resources and doing evaluations and so on. Um, what I love about it was that we were able to collect evaluations and there was such a positive response from the law enforcement people being trained saying, wow, we needed to hear this. We want to see people who have a diagnosis of schizophrenia or a diagnosis of bipolar or schizoaffective um, and we want to know more about it. And so I began to send those evaluations to the NAMI national headquarters and they began to read them and then ask questions. So and said, why aren't we doing this? By the way, if we go back, what we do here in Albuquerque, um, we, when we train uh, the regular CIT trainings, NAMI Albuquerque sponsors it and we do an hour and a half and then we bring in pizza and Cokes for everybody so that officers are allowed even extra time to ask questions of the panel members one-on-one, -on -one. and it's always a really important part of the training. Okay, so the trainings I love here because our police department in Albuquerque has done an exceptional job of taking a space for 50 people, for example, and saying, okay, we have so many people who are now ready to be trained in CIT de-escalation, but then we have 25 free seats. So I love that APD and the CIU have invited tribal law enforcement, university, correction officer, probation, FBI, state police, you name it, and they're invited. And those are people who come to us afterwards and say, this was really, really valuable. Thank you for including us. Then Rob is uh, 
involved. We just did a training this last week for 911 dispatch trainers. And we had only two presenters, a moderator and a one family member and one peer. And I got the feedback at one of the MRAC subcommittee meetings. They were complaining and they want to change. And I thought, oh dear, what have we done wrong? And he said, instead of an hour, they want an hour and a half because they want a full panel. So we did that and it's been really positive. I like the fact that we are very organized. Each person has a 10 minute story to tell. They tell their story and then the audience is asked to interact, ask any questions and the person gives their best answer. I like that because it's not just off the cuff and unorganized. It's really important that we destigmatize mental illness in the very best way we can. And the way that we see as one of the best ways is to see family members who have supported their, their family member who has mental illness, as well as to hear about the recovery and process from somebody who has that lived experience. And has managed to get themselves to a place of recovery and a success in their lives. It's really, really important. So the next slide is that what would happen was almost without exception at the end of the 40 hour training, the panel was one of the highest ranked programs. I sent the evaluations to NAMI National and then it caught their attention and they asked if they could come and see, could they hear about what we're doing? I told them about Los Angeles. They sent people to Los Angeles. Um, and then what happened was the Department of Justice had also heard what we were doing when we were being evaluated during one of the evaluation systems uh, with the CASA grant. And so I was telling them about this program and the DOJ representative said, I wish we had this in every city and in every state. So what happened was they gave NAMI National a grant to develop what we were doing here in Albuquerque and what they were doing in Los Angeles to develop a national program of that they started calling telling your story to law enforcement. And what's exciting was that when they decided to pilot the projected program from the grant, they chose Massachusetts and New Mexico to be the two pilot states. This program, because of COVID, has not yet been rolled out. And our convention is by, um, Zoom this year. So we have not been able to roll it out, but this program is ready for rollout. The great news is if you're in Washington State, Colorado, Texas, your NAMI affiliates in the big cities, the, the smaller cities, and every state will have the ability to train people to be presenters, to train police officers and officer, uh, law enforcement in de-escalation and to hear from people with lived experience. The next one, Sai. <laughs> so 
what we love is that it can be very modified. It can be done like in LA where you only have two speakers and they're paid their time and travel and expense. Um, or you have others where they have more time to present and more volunteers. Um, the state training that we help develop and we will be doing another state training of presenters uh, in the fall with some funding from the BHI. What we want to do is we do the trainings for all potential presenters. It, we will be doing it as an all day in-person training. We're not sure how to do it by Zoom if we do. But one thing that we cover is the do's and don'ts. Do not tell the police officers what to do. That's not your business. You don't know about policy and procedure. That's not your job. Your job is to share your information from a personal experience about mental illness. That's your job. And to be able to answer any questions that are posed to you. Then we do in-person practice to make sure that people are clear, they're speaking clearly, that they have appropriate messages. Uh, we talk about presentation style. Uh, we supervise them initially to make sure um, and what we really end up with ideally is a personal honest story of living with mental illness as a family member or as a peer. And the word peer means a person who has a diagnosis of mental health condition. Sai, what's next? Uh, okay, so let me just go back. Um, because that, that's pretty much what I love is that we've even trained chaplains. Um, I have then taken the training and have begun to do connect, uh, presentations to community groups because now it's time to also educate the public. What is mental illness? Is it something to be scared of? Because as long as there's a stigma, we're not going to be able to deal with mental illness in the most productive, healthy way. And I have to say to each one of you in law enforcement, there is not a single, single NAMI member who is not thankful to a good law enforcement officer who is able to deescalate and who is able to deal with mental illness and crisis in a very positive, productive way. In fact, I often take sort of a poll when I do the trainings. How many of you have had some experience with law enforcement and every hand has gone up? It would be almost impossible to have a serious mental health condition or a family member who has that without having some interaction with the police at one time or another. And the stories I hear about APD are just so phenomenal. What I have heard, here's one story, just one short story. I'm gonna tell you my story. Somebody had moved here from out of state and their son had serious mental illness. They had called 911 in the other state and the police came out with guns and they came and uh, yelled at the person who had was in crisis. Um, they arrested him. They took him to jail. Um, and then the same person with the same child had, had to call 911 in Albuquerque. And the result was, I was told, 
the officers came up, they were very relaxed. They ended up sitting on the curb with their child, talking very calmly. And I see Mike up here. Mike is one of our mobile crisis team people. I love what the mobile crisis teams can do where they have somebody go out with a, an enhanced CIT officer paired with a clinician. That's ideal. But sometimes we, can't, we don't have enough teams, to be honest, especially now that people know about it and ask for it. But I just, I appreciate you all and the work you do. And um, NAMI recognizes the work that APD has done to go from a position of serious problems to now receiving acknowledgement and recognition nationally for having one of the best CIT programs and CIU programs. So thank you all. I appreciate you so much. Are there any questions? I kind of want to make a comment, Betty, if I can. Sure. Um, I've been doing CIT stuff since maybe like 2002. Um, and I went for years without knowing what NAMI was. And when I finally figured out what NAMI was, maybe, you know, 2006, 2007, um, and saw how many resources they had, it changed the way I dealt with families when I was dealing with a peer. Um, and I can remember having a, a mom and dad their son was 20 years old, first break, um, psychosis. Um, and the mom looked at me and she said, I feel so alone and I don't feel like anyone would understand what I'm going through. And I went back to my car and I pulled out the, you know, one of the pamphlets that Nam I had gotten from NAMI and I walked up and then I gave it to her and I said, I know that people are probably throwing lots of information at you, but these people, if you say no one understands and you feel alone, these people will understand and you won't be alone. Um, and I felt real comfortable doing that because they ended up going through the family to family. Um, and it, it, for them to be able to recover, it has to have a, be a family support. And so that's why NAMI is so huge. Um, and I just implore you all just to, to learn about everything that NAMI can do for you guys as field officers, um, trainers, um, civilians, and whatever you do, just learn about them because they're valuable asset you're absolutely thank you thank you thank you Lawrence I I feel the same way my husband and I attended family to family when uh, a family member was in crisis and it was because of that and I'm a professional I'm a counselor and I was able to see things in a different way and offer information and share and it has made a remarkable change in our family and got, has brought recovery to our family member. And so I just, I am so thankful. And this is like a pay it back, right? So, uh, and we're so glad because NAMI is the nation's largest grassroots organization to provide mental health services in the entire country. And the, and the good word is, it's the good F word, it's free. Now, it's not free to us because we have to do fundraising to pay for the materials and the trainings for all of the facilitators, but it is free for any family member or peer to attend or provider, um, somebody who's interested. It's all free, and we do that as a service. And I also give out cards. Um, when I do the training, I hand out uh, from NAMI Albuquerque all of the, pro the 
list of programs that are run every week, as well as a card that has that police officers can give to family members uh, or loved ones that on one side give you some cues and clues as to how to deal with somebody who has uh, is in a, a crisis position uh, at that time to be able to talk softly, quietly, non-threateningly, listen, but don't necessarily agree with the hallucinations, etc. On the other side, it has 911, New Mexico, Cal, and NAMI resources. So what's important to us when we do those trainings is to offer resources to people in our community. Thank you, Lawrence, you're awesome. Okay, thank you, Betty. Um, so um, you saw on a couple slides back that we have a lot of programs that we do for peers and family members and for, and can you hear me? Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, I never know. Uh, but I'm just going to talk about four programs right now that I really want uh, all, all of you to be aware of so that you can tell people and family members and individuals about, about some of these programs. First, I'm going to talk about our support programs, and then I'm going to talk about a couple of education programs. And what I've decided to do here is I'm just going to give a brief introduction. And then I, I went and found some really short, and I'm talking, when I say short, I'm talking about like one to two minute videos. They're really short videos, but they do a really good job, I think better than I could of explaining and giving you a, a real impression of what these programs are and the impact that they can have. The first one I'm gonna talk about is Connection. Uh, the Connection is a support group for peers. It's for individuals who are living with an illness and they're looking for help with their own recovery. Um, and it is run by peers. So it, it is uh, facilitated by, by two individuals who are both peers themselves and they're trained by a nationally certified trainer to facilitate these, these support groups. Um, and what I'm gonna do real quick here is I'm gonna switch my screen sharing over to the first of my videos that I wanna show. And it's only, a, it's like 35 seconds, so it's not real long. Oh, hang on a second. I, th I just realized I had to, when I do the sharing, I have to share the computer uh, vi sound as well. So let me try that one more time. Okay, here we go. The NAMI Connection Support Group is totally different than any other support group that I've ever been to. Other support groups, it's open share. You go around, you tell your piece, and then you go home. The NAMI Connection Support Group is designed to help me find a solution for my issues so that when I leave the group, I feel much better than when I came in. I also feel that I have contributed to others in the group as well as, as, well as I've been supported by the others in the group. Okay, and then the next video. Were you able to hear that okay? Okay, good. Some of the things I observe is just people smiling at the end of the group, people laughing, people enjoying themselves. There's a huge difference from when people walk in the door at the beginning of the group and walking out of the door at the end of the group after one and a half hours. Mm -hmm. I see smile on faces, people comfortable. One lady came in. In the beginning of the group, she was crying, very sad. At the end of the group, 
she had a big smile on her face and that was just joy to me that that's what it's all about is helping other people um, I've needed that help before and now it's my turn to give back okay so um, get back to the presentation here so that's the connection support group okay and I got to hold on a second sorry about that I gotta Sometimes these uh, YouTube videos get a mind of their own and want to start playing when you don't want them to. Uh, so the, that's the connection support group. And right now we're actually offering a connection support group three times a week by Zoom. Uh, it's uh, Nami Albuquerque is. Uh, we're offering it uh, Monday nights, Wednesday nights, and Friday nights. Um, and you can go to, anybody can go to our NAMI, either the NAMIAlbuquerque.org website or the NAMINewMexico.org website, and there's a big advertisement for both of our support groups, and they can click a button and fill out a real simple form, and then it, that sends us their information, and then we send them the invite for the, for the meeting. The next, uh, the next support that I want to talk about. Uh, because we also, we have three affiliates in our state. And yes. Naomi Albuquerque is here, obviously, in Albuquerque. We have right. Southern New Mexico and Las Cruces and Santa Fe uh, affiliate. All three offer these programs by Zoom right now. Yeah, thank, thank you, Betty. Um, the other program is, it's, the, it's basically the sister program to the Connection Group, and it's simply called Family Support Group. And as the name implies, it's a support group for family members who have a loved one with a mental illness. And they're looking for just some support and, and help with how, how to go about uh, being as effective as they can be uh, at helping their loved one. And, and uh, again, all, all three of our affiliates do offer this program. Um, and right now by Zoom, normally these are all in, in person. Uh, and now what I wanna do is show a couple of um, very, very quick videos. If I can get back to it. Okay, here we go. All right, we're, this is on about the family support group. NAMI Family Support Group was the first entry for me into NAMI and the reason I joined this support group was because I have a daughter that has mental illness. Family Support Group turned out to be really a lifesaver for me. I kind of realized that it was not my fault, that I was not alone. There was a place for me to put the blame, shame, and guilt. And I learned coping skills, but most importantly I learned I wasn't alone. I wasn't by myself and I had a NAMI family. And, and because it just saved us, I wanted to help others. If I can go in and be feeling kind of blase, blue or whatever in my own little self and I come out of it and I'm uplifted and I just feel more positive and, and so I go home with a better attitude which makes everything nice. The, the support group, it, for me it's self-care mm -hmm. as much as it is supporting other people. Well first and foremost and to me what's important, it's totally free. It costs nothing to attend. Going there and knowing that there are other families, other parents, other caregivers going through the same thing and helping them, that was the key to me because a lot of insurance don't cover um, these type of things, then NAMI offers it for free. I have family members now 
because of NAMI all over the nation. And it's always like a breath of fresh air when we gather together and see each other. We are family. That's how I describe NAMI. We are family. NAMI family support groups will save your life. To learn more about NAMI Family Support Group and what's available in your community, visit nami.org FSG or call us at 1-800-950-NAMI. Okay, so and then there's one, one more video I want to show. Um, if I can get back to it here. Related to the Family Support Group. This one's a pretty short one too. Actually, whoops, wrong one, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Uh, let's see. Actually, that's the only video I had for that one. I, I take that back. So let me get back to stopping sharing and back to the slideshow. Okay, hope I'm doing this not too too bad. But Okay, so, so that was family support group. And, and last but not least, we want to talk about a couple of our education programs. Now, the difference between an education program and a support program is the education programs are actually classes. These are actually, you know, formal classes that we meet one night a week. Both our family to family program and our peer to peer program are eight weeks long right now. Uh, we are currently doing them by Zoom again. Um, and I'm just going to show you a couple of real quick uh, videos that talk about the family to family and then the peer to peer. But before I, I do, I want to just tell you that family to family was the program that got myself and my wife involved with NAMI back in 2006. And, and it's really the reason that I got involved as, with NAMI as a volunteer. I eventually became a teacher for family to family. And then, um, and now I'm the state trainer for the family to family program. So we train the, all the other affiliates, uh, you know, to get, have teachers to do this program. Uh, a real quick anecdotal story that just kind of gives you, and I was really thinking about this when you guys were talking about that case that you were describing about the, the, the gentleman who had schizophrenia and he might be losing his, his apartment and that sort of thing. Uh, this is a true story that uh, happened, to, happened to me uh, a couple of years ago. Um, I was just driving down I-40 one day, and, and by the way, my phone was hands-free, just so you know, okay? Um, but I got a phone call from some lady named Pat, and she said, you know, you probably don't remember me, but I took your family-to-family -family class uh, a, about, about a year and a half ago, and I had the son, I took it at, actually it was the one we did the class at Project Echo down on, uh, down off of uh, University Boulevard there. There's a Project Echo facility down there. That's where we were, we were actually doing that class at that time. And she's, and I said, and she said, my name is Pat. And, you know, and I, I had a son with schizophrenia who was living on the streets and she didn't know what to do. You know, she was, her, her, she, her son was homeless and she never knew where he was from one day to the next. And she was, you know, obviously uh, very concerned about that. So she took the family to family class and she told me on this phone call, she said, I just wanted to let you know that um, my son is no longer on the streets because of the things that I learned in family to family. I was able to, to convince him to get the help that he needed. And now he has an apartment. He's on the right medications. He's seeing a therapist and he has a job. And those kinds of stories are what keep us going, wanting to continue 
doing these programs because I'm an engineer, okay? I, I mean, I, I, I'm an electrical engineer by trade. I, I'm not a touchy-feely kind of guy. I would not be wasting my time doing these programs if I didn't really know that they can help people. So just wanted to give you that real quick anecdotal story. And now I want to sh show you a quick video about family to family. Yeah, let's see if I can do this. It was scary because I didn't know how to help him. We just really didn't know how to manage any of this. I was very fearful. Uh, because I saw well, you did say the screen isn't shared uh, headed to a very bad place. the screen isn't shared we can hear it but you haven't shared the video okay all right I just I just heard somebody say I wasn't sharing the screen so hold on sorry about that I'll get I'll get good at this one of these days it good. Sometime after this meeting, I'll learn how to do it. I was going to say, you'll be a pro by the end. I'll be, I'll be a pro, yeah. It's a, okay, let me try this again. Okay. It's already better. Sorry about that. It was scary because I didn't know how to help him. We just really didn't know how to manage any of this. I was very fearful. Uh, because I saw my daughter and our family uh, headed to a very bad place. I mean, it, it was just too much. It's just, this is not what life should be. Family to Family is a free class for family members who have someone in the family with a mental illness that they have to help take care of. It is taught by trained family members with that shared experience who've been there. The family the family gave us the understanding and the knowledge of what this particular type of drug is, what the effect is on the body. When he became psychotic, which was terrifying, NAMI had prepared me for that. And when you find NAMI and you, and you have so much of these positive reinforcements and you get the knowledge, the support, the wisdom, the collective experience of others, it's like this big wave of an answer. I just think it's very important that people know that there is hope and the possibility of um, recovery. The scariness kind of goes away when you see people that can relate and they can understand. It's taught me that there's a lot more hope and a lot more happiness out there for us as a family in our life. The puzzle pieces were all coming together. I finally found someone who understood exactly what I was feeling. They can reclaim their lives as families and help support reclaiming the life of their loved one as well. And wow, what a, what a life-changing experience. We always want to reclaim and remember, which is for me what family to family is about, is reclaiming and remembering the joys that our families are meant to give to each other. Okay. 
Now, let me quickly switch back. Okay, so that was the family-to-family eight-week education program for family caregivers and friends. It's not, it's not so for professionals. So my staff asked me, for, um, do you want to do a TED-like okay, talk at the beginning of the convention? <laughs> Hold on. I thought, what a great idea. I've never done it. This darn YouTube is, uh, it's, what it's doing is it's, it's uh, jumping to the next video. Okay, what am I doing? I don't know where that's coming from. Give me just a second, folks. I'm trying to figure out where that sound is coming from. While he's doing that, let me yeah, just... Yeah, you go ahead and talk while I'm trying to figure out... <laughs> I'll talk. Um, what I love about the NAMI programs, I'm a professional group facilitator. I trained counselors all over the state how to run effective support groups. What I loved when I found out about the NAMI programs is the protocol is very, very strong. It's very structured. When somebody walks in, there are two, not one, two trained facilitators. There are rules. There are rules of engagement, rules of behavior. There are posters um, and there's structure, but there's lots of support too. But that's the way you get the very best support uh, and psychological growth is when you have structure and people feel safe. So I really, really can recommend the groups as being as, nearly professional as possible and for free. So it's really cool. Are you ready, Cy? He's muted. Yeah, now that I, 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 for some reason I was getting one, a YouTube video that was playing back, but I couldn't find where it was. I, I looked on all my browser tabs and it was like, there was no video playing, but I was hearing it. So sorry about that. Okay, so anyway, uh, the next thing I wanna talk about uh, very quickly is our um, sim it's basically the sister program to the family to family and it's called it's called peer to peer um, and peer to peer is also an eight week program and it is uh, conducted by trained peers in fact we just finished a peer to peer program um, just last weekend we were doing it on Saturdays by Zoom and it's, um, it just finished up last week and we got some really good feedback from the participants. We had participants for that particular peer-to-peer -peer program from um, all over the state. We had uh, people from up in Santa Fe, we had folks from down south in uh, uh, the uh, Las Cruces area, of course we had NAMI Albuquerque folks and we actually had a couple of people who found heard that we were doing this program who are from Florida. So we actually had a couple of people participating in our in our peer to peer program by Zoom from Florida. I mean, we had the space available, so we thought, sure, why not? We'll just go ahead and invite them in, and and they were very grateful for that. Um, and then, just real quick, just to give you a quick sense of of the uh, peer to peer program. Um, okay. And this will be the last video, I promise. Okay. Come on. Okay, here we go. This is just a little quick video about kind of somebody talking about peer-to-peer -peer here. 
We also have a class called Peer to Peer where two peer mentors are trained in leading the class and it teaches about mental health and different symptoms, different uh, ways to cope with that. The volume is and it's a 10 week course, once a week and it's I'm sorry, what did somebody say? The volume isn't um, coming through on your video. Let me try it again. Okay, I'm sharing my computer vid audio and I'm sharing. I was that. hearing the audio. Yeah, I heard it too. I think it's okay. I, I was hearing Are it. you sure you don't have your computer uh, muted, on, your speakers muted on your Is end? Any, did anybody else not hear it? I was hearing it. Yeah, raise your hand on the chat if you weren't hearing it. I um somehow your um your sound isn't coming through now. My sound? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, nope. there's no sound coming through from you at this point. Oh, okay. wait. Can everybody else hear Maria, me? It it is on our side, Maria. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Make sure you don't, Maria. Make sure you don't have your keyboard, you know, your speakers on your computer are muted. You gotta love technology. That's of, course, awesome. of course, if she's muted it, then she couldn't hear me ask her that question. <laughs> so, oh I think well. we're good, Sai. Go ahead. Okay, let's try this again here. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. We also have a class called Peer to Peer where two peer mentors are trained in leading the class and it teaches about mental health and different symptoms, different uh, ways to cope with it. And it's a 10 week course, once a week, and it's provided periodically. And that's free of charge also, especially with them the uh, materials and things like that. It teaches people about mental health that they may not even know. They might be having symptoms that they don't even know are symptoms. And, you know, just the education part of it. As a peer, I had mental health, or I still have mental health issues myself, but being able to relate to the people that come and them being able to relate to us, it really makes a difference because we really, can understand. We've been there. Okay, so that's the last video I'm going to show. Thank, thank you for bearing with us on that, but it was probably more interesting to hear those than it was to hear you talk about it. And there it goes again. NAMI Family Support Group was the first. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, why is that happening? Give me a second here. I'm going to just close my browser completely. There. So, so anyway, sorry about that. So that's, um, that is the last video and that, those are the four programs that I wanted to talk about. So at this point, I, I think we can say that we're open for any questions that you might have. I want to make an offer to people, but wait, there's more. <laughs> because I know some of you are from out of state, it would be more difficult. However, anybody in state who may be the state police or I saw probation officers and so on. If you have someone that is a family member or a peer who would like to be trained as a presenter, would you contact me? There's my email right there, Betty Whiten, MSN. 
And you could say, I'm recommending John Smith to be trained as a family presenter to train law enforcement in our area. Uh, because we'll be hopefully doing a Zoom training um, in the fall to train new presenters so that we can stretch what we're doing in Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and Las Cruces beyond to do it for the rest of the state and different organizations. So that's can I, can I just add one caveat to that, Betty? Sure. Um, it, and that is, you know, we definitely uh, do want more presenters, but, uh, you know, kind of keep in the back of your mind that we're looking for people that you think would be good at doing that, oh, being absolutely. good presenters. I mean, that probably goes without saying. And the only reason I mention that is because, like most of our programs, we're, we're kind of picky about who we train to do these programs. Um, like when we're doing the family to family education class and we're training teachers, um, we really only take people that are specifically recommended by other teachers. You know, somebody will, a couple of teachers will sit for eight weeks in a class with 20 people and they'll recognize that two or three of those people would make really, really good teachers and they'll recommend them to us. So Absolutely. just kind of keep that in the back of your mind that we're, we do want more presenters, but we, but kind of, you know, look for people who you think would be good at doing that. Absolutely. And we will, of course, do some vetting and screening. I know Lawrence, in fact, was at one of the CIT trainings when I had a new presenter. And she had been trained. I worked with her. We were real clear on the do's and don'ts. And she stood in front and she just blasted APD and officers. And it was like, no, that's not your job. <laughs> yeah. So um, it really is important that our the people who present to law enforcement uh, are well-trained. That's important to us. So if you have somebody you think would be a great presenter, please let me know. Are there any questions?